Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Shay Oakley. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting Life Unscripted for our seventh annual aviation month. We're so grateful to have you out here. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, Christina. Thank you for having me. You betcha. You reached out to me actually last aviation month. We had it taken a hiatus um, last year with some health issues and such. Uh, we flew twice to Seattle for my husband's surgery. Uh, but you had an amazing topic that we've never covered on Aviation Month or any time on Savvy, and that is myths and realities of commercial aviation. A lot of people listening in are business owners. Some of them have no idea about aviation, period. But the thing that makes our lives tick, especially in business, commercial aviation. And uh, you're going to share some of the myths and realities of uh, commercial aviation. Yeah. So bring for us uh, to the table, what brought you to the whole world of aviation? How did that come about? Well, I'm, uh, I'm 51, and 51 years ago, when I was four months old, my parents took me to Bermuda, and we were on an airline called BOAC, which is now British Airways, uh-huh. thing called the Junior Jet Club. And one of the things you got as a child in the Junior Jet Club was a passenger logbook, and my father got one for me and began giving it to the cockpit crews to fill out. When I was old enough, I would hand it up to the flight attendant and Many times she would say, well, why don't you go give it to the captain yourself, which got me, uh, you know, in those days on the ground in the cockpit. And uh, I think that's for sure where the interest began. I can't remember a time when I was not into aviation, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. Uh, We talked before the interview that often when you get the bug, it's pretty early. Uh, For me... The bug wasn't early, but the interesting part was, for me, I just love to travel. And what better way to travel around the world but in an airplane? It gets you around there pretty quickly. Uh, But what attracted you in particular to studying and understanding aviation or commercial aviation history? Well, you know, I was reading books about aviation history as a a young boy. Uh, And uh, my parents were in favor of my interest and uh, allowed me to pursue it. So they would buy me these books and things like that. And when I got a little older, when I was 15, I discovered about uh, an organization that was called at the time the World Airline Hobby Club. It's now the World Airline Historical Society. I actually serve on their board now and I'm managing editor of the uh, Society Journal. But at 15, uh, I suddenly realized, and these are you know, long before the internet these days, I realized that there were other people that, that had an interest. So I joined this organization. And the following year, when I was 16, uh, my mother took me to the National Convention in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. It was a room full of uh, other airline history nuts like me uh, and an incredible amount of memorabilia and collectibles from the airline industry for sale. It was, uh, it was like uh, heaven for me at that time. Yeah. And for the people who fly today, uh, what you don't realize um, is missing from the modern uh, commercial aviation. When I was a kid and I would go flying, there was this kind of mystique with meeting the pilots and even the air crew. Uh, 
it was like, it was an amazing experience. You got dressed up. Yeah. And you ate, you had wonderful meals with actual metal utensils. Um, <laughs> and you used to, at JFK, you used to be able to go out there and watch the airplanes take off. They had a viewing um, place for all the people who were watching their loved ones take off. And, and people have kind of lost that sense of awe and mystery with, with um, you know, being part of aviation in that manner. Uh, very true and very sad. You're, you're, yeah. JFK had multiple observation decks on the terminals out there, and they had uh, well over 100,000 people show up every year. People would, going to the airport was in itself uh, an attraction. Yeah, it was. And so what, what's interesting is that I think people don't realize, like today we've cut, when something becomes so normal and part of your everyday life, I think you lose touch of how amazing it is. Because think about it, all of our food and everything is, is shipped in our mail via commercial aviation. Without that, much of the life we know in modern life would not exist. Exactly. It's a modern miracle. I mean, uh, there is no place on earth that's more than 24 hours away from a major commercial airport. And uh, that's only in commercial aviation spans the last 150 years of human history. Yeah, it's really, you know, it takes me back. I remember a number of years ago working in a business and I needed to get something to one of our clients overnight and we FedExed it. And I, at the time, it was hard for me to wrap my mind around the fact that this package is getting to China in less than 48 hours. It's like, what? But that is due to the wonderfulness of aviation. So what have you find talking to average folks that, that maybe they get wrong about understanding commercial aviation? Well, one thing I get a lot is uh, people seem to think that there are three kinds of uh, professions in aviation, piloting, being a flight attendant, and being an air traffic controller. Uh, there are approximately 2 million people globally involved in one way or another with the commercial aviation industry, mm -hmm. from building the aircraft to uh, manning the, uh, the, the ground equipment to uh, handling reservations. I mean, there there are... Millions of people literally engaged in making sure you get from point A to point B on that jet. Mm -hmm. And people don't realize how varied uh, careers of aviation can be. Mm -hmm. It's a very intricate system. Uh, I had a friend uh, a couple of years ago, well, I met her and she became a friend, but she was in, um, brought over to us for one of our aviation months. And she was an older woman who said, you know, I love building stuff. I want to go be in... Um, aviation engineer. I want to work on airplanes. So at the age of 40 something, she went and got that degree. And uh, a couple years later is now fixing airplanes, uh, Delta airplanes. Um, yeah. So we need people like her keeping us safe up there in the air. And, and you don't realize from the dispatch, dispatch to, you know, air traffic control, all the little bits and, and even the person fixing the airplane, all those people keep us safe, the ground crew, the people loading up the stuff into, you know, the, what do you call them? The Into the cargo compartment. Yeah, the cargo people. And, and even the people getting your, your tickets together. All of it intricate, intricate. Um, what have you found maybe people don't understand quite about aviation, period, that you've met from average citizens? Well, I think that I mentioned earlier that commercial aviation is about 115 years old. I don't think people think of it in terms of having been around that long. Uh, you know, this year, two major international airlines are celebrating their centennials, British Airways and uh, KLM, the Dutch airline. Uh, we're talking about a, uh, an industry that uh, is not a young industry anymore. Yeah. Uh, people, people forget that uh, they actually the first 
scheduled air service was between Tampa and St. Petersburg in 1914. Wow. Did for a few months, but it was called the Tampa-St. Petersburg Airboat Line. Mm -hmm. One passenger and one pilot in a little flying boat, and that's how it all began. Yeah, and the same goes for our mail. Those first pilots that went out there to deliver our mail put their lives at risk just to get us our mail. And, you know, that, that saying uh, through flea, uh, sleet and snow and rain, you'll get your mail because they were risking their lives to get it to us through by airplane. Absolutely. In fact, it was the, the um, revenue that came from the U.S. mail that enabled airlines in the United States to begin and grow. And it was only after a period of time passed and more modern, air, more economical aircraft became available, that passengers began to make more money for the airlines than the mail did. The, the, without the mail, we would not have the industry in the U.S. that we have. Well, that's fascinating. So by the very fact of mail, the mail service being used, we were able to bring about commercial aviation for passengers in the way we are today in modern life. Yes. I mean, really, the, that's one of the ways the government uh, supported the beginnings of commercial aviation in the United States, and not only in the United States, in other parts of the world, too. Airmail was the beginning. Mm. And, you know, it's interesting because now when you can travel all over the world, and now it can be average citizens. I remember not too long ago, maybe in my 30s, I really want to travel places because that's what I love to do. I would like save up, you know, scrimp and just have salad for the month so I could go to XYZ place. Well, I'm so blessed because 100 years before that, I'd be getting on a boat for several months to go to Europe. <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, you know, it, you only have to go back, uh, as you said, uh, 100 or more years, and people didn't, didn't travel more than 20 miles from their home. Mm -hmm. We have hundreds of millions of people traveling tens of thousands of miles from their home every year by air. Yeah, by air. And this has been all brought about by aviation. And what's great about it is also allow people to have a broader perspective of mankind and how we can all help each other, that everything interconnected from getting the, the stuff we get in the store, from the foods that are shipped in from all over the place, from our mail, uh, to meeting different people. A lot of it's brought together by aviation. Absolutely. In fact, Boeing's longtime slogan was getting people together. Mm. And yeah, absolutely. Certainly, it's true. I mean, I, I used to work, uh, one of the places that I worked in my aviation career was uh, at Kennedy Airport. Uh, and, you know, one of the, the things that for me is a little bit heartwarming about commercial aviation is uh, just standing in a terminal and watching families and, and people reunited. Mm. Yeah. who, you know, were, were thousands of miles apart. Uh, commercial aviation is a noble industry. It is. It is. And that's what I'm hoping by doing our Aviation Month each year and bringing these aviation businesses, historians, and, and aviators together to show people what a blessing we have and how it's really not only helped businesses thrive, because now you, you can fly around the world and do deals, but also bringing family together, bringing people together, and bringing us together to realize as people, we're not all that different no matter what part of the world we're coming from. Yes. Uh, in fact, uh, the founder of Pan American, probably the most legendary airline ever, his name was Juan Tripp, and he said that the race was between the, the airliner and the atom bomb. He felt that uh, it was the this was, of course, back in the Cold War days. He really felt that, that tourism was going to go a, a, a long distance towards helping the peoples of the world understand each other and, and avoid conflict. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there is, there is the, the ability for aviation to bring people together that way. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. And also to realize, um, you know, to not take for granted when you're able to get on that plane and things don't always work out the way you want, because that's happened to me. I'm flying commercially somewhere and things happen, uh, you know, the tire bust or whatever. And you're like, oh, I'm not going to get to my meeting on time. But to realize that not too long ago, you wouldn't be going on any meeting on an airplane because it didn't exist. No, you wouldn't have the job. Uh, <laughs> That's a, that too. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, it's a it's a tremendous economic engine for worldwide uh, growth uh, in for business. There's there's no doubt about it. Yeah, what would you want people to know that they maybe are not aware of when it comes to aviation or commercial aviation in general? Well, for me, it's often the little talk about safety. Um, people. Uh, still, there's there's a lot of white knuckle flyers out there, and what I like to tell them is that you're far more likely to be hurt in your car on the way to the airport than you are in a commercial airliner. Mm -hmm. uh, the last major air disaster in the United States was in December of 2001. There hasn't been a, a large airliner that's crashed since then. That's 18 years. It's been the safest period in U.S. commercial aviation history. Yeah. Uh, there have been some regional crashes where, unfortunately, maybe 200 or 250 people during that period lost their lives. Hundreds of thousands of people have lost their lives on our roads. Mm. Uh, flying, particularly commercial flying, is the safest form of transportation ever devised by humankind. Mm -hmm. And part of what makes that, I think, uh, Shay, is really the fact that it's entwined in the whole training and atmosphere of aviation from when I was a student or even when I fly with my husband, there's checklists, there's recheck, you have to go every six months, make sure the airplane's okay, you have to make sure you're certified to keep flying. Commercially, they just don't let you up there continually checking if you're healthy, if you have the skills set necessary to make for uh, safe flight. Uh, there's so much safety that goes into it. I kind of wish we'd bring that to the roads on, on, with cars. <laughs> Yes, much, much more difficult uh, to do that, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, the safety culture is deeply ingrained in, uh, in commercial aviation people. Yeah, um, it certainly is. And it has to be because, you know, flying, as safe as it is, is a very complex uh, thing. It's not natural. You know, as I used to say before the Wright brothers, if God had meant man to fly, he would have given him wings. Mm -hmm. Likely incorrect, but old saying there. Uh, you know, the bottom line is, is that flying is a, an incredible technical enterprise and incredibly complex. And in order to keep it as safe as it is, everyone has to be on their toes all the time. Yeah, and that's why the standards are so high. And when you go for training, and even when you're past training and you're now working maybe commercially for one of the major airlines, there's always these safety checks from even the person who's um, working on your airplane. There are so many checks on balances just to make sure everything's safe, and it's for good reason. Um, but yeah, and uh, I thank you so much. This has been fabulous. I know you could go on for hours and sharing your wonderful wisdom in, in the in the when it comes to commercial aviation, but share with people how they can get more in contact with you, find out more about you. How can they do that? Uh, actually, the best way is just to uh, look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, that's where uh, the commercial aviation consultancy is sort of based at the moment. Uh, I post every weekday something uh, about commercial aviation history. And um, basically, I'm a, I'm a resource for any kind of media projects about commercial airline history, uh, whether it be um, television, 
movies, mm -hmm. uh, uh, publications. If you need fact checking done, I'm a, uh, a detail aholic when it comes to uh, this this love of mine for airline history. I I hate to see uh, when sometimes there are errors. You know, you'll watch a TV program and it, it's a it's supposed to be one plane, but in one scene it's 747, and in another scene it's a DC-10, and the third scene it's an elephant. That kind of thing drives me crazy. So yeah. if you're looking, if you have a media project involving of any kind involving commercial aviation history, and you want to dot every uh, I and cross every T, that's what the commercial aviation history consultancy is there for. Awesome, and and you're right. It keeps everyone. Um, keeping the facts straight. And yeah, it drives me crazy too. But this has been such a wonderful chat, Shay. I thank you so much for coming to our seventh annual Aviation Month and sharing your great wisdom today on Savvy Broadcasting. Thank you. Thank you, Christina. If you liked this episode, please share. To hear more Savvy episodes and Savvy Biz Tips, go to lifeunscriptedradio.com. To become a guest or participate in paid sponsorship, email us at christinalifeunscriptedradio.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.